Blog Talk Radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of a people who are choosing to follow God instead of following man. You, you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church or in the country. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. Well, hello and welcome to Zero Today. Uh, uh, this is Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Here to bring you information, so seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. Promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. Empowering you to listen, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Uh, you can join us by calling the number 3, uh, 917-388-4293. Uh, we're working on getting the chat room open here, so um, if you want to call and get in the chat room, we'll we'll have that open shortly. Um, follow us on Twitter uh, at Prophesy on Twitter. I'm trying to get used to. It. We got there's a new format, a new studio I'm using, and uh, um, you know I thought I had practiced, <laughs> but apparently I have not practiced enough. So. Y'all going to have to bear with us as we go through this broadcast today. We're going to do our best to uh, work with what we got. Amen to that. But anyway, you're always welcome to join us. Uh, drop us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We have our Facebook page, uh, Zero Today Network. So join us, follow us. And if you've listened for the first time, we want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, you make our, everything we do worth it. But before we go any further, uh, while while I'm figuring out all this other stuff, (laughs) we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and then uh, tell you all about what we're going to be doing today on the show. Father, we want to say thank you for the day. We ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Encourage our hearts and minds and souls to be linked with you. Your oneness, your greatness, your mercy, your love, and loving kindness is better than life. Illuminate us. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, so we would know what is the hope of our calling and what else we have in our heritage with you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, now we are live on the air, so hey, hit us up. Follow the show. Uh, and again, if you've missed any show, this is our first year anniversary. Uh, so I didn't do a lot of pomp and circumstance, but, you know, one year is actually good. I'm surprised I managed to do it this long. <laughs> I got ADHD, so hey, you know, staying focused and doing one thing is is hard. But anyway, we we have a great show lined up for you. We'll be joined later on in this uh, first hour by uh, Skylar Jett. He's an award-winning singer, songwriter, producer. Um, you name it, he's done it. Um, he's 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 well known in uh, the music arena, and he's also an activist, and uh, and he uses his music to impact 
the world around him, and he's going to be joining us uh, here in the first hour, and then in the second hour, uh, second half of the second half of the show, we're going to deal with this this issue that happened on Friday with New York, the state legislature um, uh, um, passing a bill uh, legalizing same-sex marriage. We're going to talk about that, and I know everybody, you know, probably said their two cents and whatever it may be, but. You know how it goes. Uh, it's never too too much to talk about. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about in the in the second half. Um, so stay on, and we appreciate you. Um, and we again, we we're glad. You got to excuse me. You know, I'm still trying to figure this out. And eventually, the Lord will bless us. <laughs> well, I'll, well, we'll be able to do have some help, and you know, do a little better. Anyway. So, uh, since our last episode, uh, the last show, we didn't do a show last week, I mean, um, excuse me, uh, since the last show, uh, we talked about clergy accountability, and uh, I'm sure many of you have probably heard or seen um, the clip uh, that was posted uh, with Bishop Paul S. Morton, who was the presiding bishop of the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship, um, Based out of Atlanta and New Orleans, um, and um, he recently, matter of fact, I think it was either on Father's Day. Yeah, it was Father's Day. He did an open rebuke to uh, Bishop Eddie Long, and um, I, you know, I, uh, like many others, I was glad to hear uh, one of the big dogs, <laughs> one of the big dogs of the Black Church. Come out and uh, address this, and, you know, and and I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, while I was glad to hear him say it, um, I was I was rather disappointed at the timing um, for two reasons. One, uh, the issue now has been settled as far as the legal the legal aspect of it has been settled, and the um, spiritual aspect of it still is unresolved. Uh, spiritual aspect, aspect being the fact that uh, those those young men are still violated. Uh, they're still they, they they still have to live with uh, the trauma, the experience of whatever they uh, whatever happened between them and uh, Bishop Long. They must also uh, you know struggle with 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 you know being scorned. Because you got to understand, this man has uh, thousands of, of loyal followers, and now they have cast the stone. You know, they cast the stone, and he didn't cast the stones that he said he was going to do. <laughs> but um, you know, from that aspect, you know, and however God ministers to them to help them overcome that, you know, we'll continue to pray for them. The other thing is their um, the pride on behalf of. Eddie Long, and somebody told me this. Say you don't know what he's doing before God. You know he may be going before God and repenting and you know getting right. That, that's all good and fine. I commend him if he's doing so. But again, because he's a public figure, there is also uh, I don't want to say demand, but uh, righteousness also calls for him to uh, publicly acknowledge not only that he sinned. Because he said he wasn't perfect, but he didn't acknowledge that he sinned. But to acknowledge uh, the impropriety, the improper behavior on his part, and to do so by 
at least removing himself from, you know, stepping aside for, for a while. You know, we had a great discussion uh, on the last show about this, and it's not about, not so about so much about what he did or what he didn't do. It's about what could be done to prevent it from happening further, um, and that is, you know, by his own folk having holding him in accountability, not his board alone. I'm talking about the whole church, you know, all 25,000 of them that he, uh, you know, that claim membership. He is now should be held to accountability by them. And, you know, until he does so by stepping down, you know, it will always be questionable. They will always quit. They're not going to say it, but they're always going to question it. They're always going to question whether he did or whether he didn't, they're always going to question uh, who, where the money came from to settle and all of that stuff. They're going to question that. And, you know, black folk, we, that's the way we are. We never say it publicly, but we sure we say it behind closed doors. Well, it, you know, the black church has a, a – we have a two-pastor system, a two-church system. You got the church on the inside. You got the church on the parking lot. You got the pastor who's the preacher – but you also got the pastor who really controls the folk, you know, who really, really got the people ear. And, uh, well, you know, that's how it is in most, you know, the the sphere of influence in, in most black churches. You know, the parking lot church service where they gossip about the who, when, what, where, and all that stuff. And, and, and you know, the, the other pastor who has that greater fear of influence outside of the senior pastor or head pastor or whatever you may be may be called. But uh, you know, I, I was glad to hear the fact that he did call say, you know, what is necessary. And, and he did it lovingly. He didn't just you know, he didn't just I I like the fact that he didn't put a lot of scriptures to it and I like the fact that um I like the fact that he addressed it in a way that was both um, loving and um, encouraging to both the body and to um, to his his members. You know, a strong a, a, a strong discord. Uh, uh, boy, I am really losing it. Is a strong a strong contrast to uh, uh, Creflo Dollar's statements. Saying he didn't want him there, and you know his mem- uh, Bell's members there, or whatever. Uh, so, y'all pray with me. I don't know what's going on with me this today. Uh, had a long weekend, but uh, yeah, we got to stay focused. All right. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that he made the statement, and I'm, I'm glad he made it tactfully, and I'm glad that he did it in love. Uh, you know, he he said he ain't called him. He's not returning his calls. <laughs> well. That's a lot said in and of itself, and, and I, I say this because people forget that um, Bishop Eddie Long was made by Bishop Paul Morton. Bishop Long wouldn't be a bishop if it hadn't been for Paul Morton, and um, you know, so that, that says a lot coming from that guy who placed him in the position. And then you have the flip side, you had the softer tone coming from Bishop T D Jake saying we just need to pray for him and cover for him. That that's fine. And I pray for him, you know, and I you know, you can't stop that. You can you you don't just wanna be too harsh to not do that. 
But at the same time, while you're praying for them, you, you know, prayer is good, but open rebuke is better. And uh, and long claim um, Jake as his spiritual father, and I just think that was too soft. Uh, you know that that's the same. That remedy that Jake's presented, just prayer, is the remedy that has plagued the black church for far too long, you know. Just, you know, that that's all we do. We pray, we pray, and uh, most of the, in, in, in the case of sexual scandals, we pray, we pray, and we pray, and that's it. Nothing gets resolved, and uh, those persons who... Uh, are caught up in those behaviors or those tendencies or whatever it may be, never get the uh, the deliverance that they need, and never get the counseling or whatever they may need. And uh, and in a lot of cases, you know, there is little to no result, uh, remorse. And until there is a outright demand and cry on the people for such, uh, you know, it goes on. And, and like I said, I, you know, I grew up in the Baptist church, and there was so much. With preachers That we saw That you know Nobody you know it was just something that did Okay the preacher Preacher got three girlfriends and seven kids outside But he's still the, uh, he, he a good pastor he, He's still a good pastor and a great preacher And still doing everything you know And they just usually look the other way And you know Well we just gonna pray about it He a man blah 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 Well that's all good and nice but Come on now, let's be real. At some point, accountability has to be for, and um, you know you have to actually say what it is, call it is, call it what it is, and call that person into uh, accountability. Now, and I'm I'm saying that because you know I'm subject, just like all of them, and and, um, everybody is subject to it. So we we can't we cannot use that as an excuse to you know. The Bible says flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against flesh. And Paul said, uh, you know, the stuff that I really want to do, I don't do. And the stuff that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And, you know, we quote that as a as a way of uh, defending ourselves, you know. And not sound like a, not trying to go off on a rant or anything, but, you know, that's just, it's time out for us using that as a crotch and the scapegoat to, uh, Nullified uh, our our deeds, you know. Uh, instead of nullifying, crucifying the flesh, mortifying the mem- uh, the deeds and the members, and bring them under submission, you know, we can't afford that. Especially as a black church that's already plagued by things outside of uh, our our regular, you know, just our regular issues, we just can't afford it. So we need to do better and. Lord willing, we will do better, but you know how that is. Uh, anyway, so that's my two pay. I, I was just glad to hear uh, someone openly saying that, and you know, he got he got his he got his time to say it, and maybe Long will or probably already has returned his calls, and maybe they've had the discussion, and maybe that will lead to some other actions on Long's part. But um, you know how it is. That's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, um, I, I know a lot of y'all are moving on, transitioning. I know a lot of y'all watched the BET Awards last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, 
I, I didn't really watch all of it. I caught some of it, and what I caught, I, the best I can describe as, I can describe it as, as just interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say. I was glad they brought out some of the old school heavy hitters, you know, to do some of the things they did, and and I, I caught some of the clips, you know, reviews, and you know, you had the uh, prognosticators on Facebook who were telling, you know, just. <laughs> Just letting it all loose uh, You know uh, They're talking about Shirley Caesar's dress They're talking about CeeLo And the Patti LaBelle fiasco uh, uh, Just some of the interesting uh, Fashion and performances That were going on And, and I'll be honest with you You know uh, I, I, I Also I don't I don't watch BET often. It's not because I'm spiritual or anything, you know. It's, I, I really just don't. I just choose not to watch it. I have no particular reason for it. Every now and then I catch it. And when I was a band director, you know, I I stay in tune with the popular music because you know I did arrangements for the band things of that nature. So I only did you know kind of keep in touch with what the kids were listening and they may want to play uh, in the band. So, but uh, you know. Getting on June being Black Music History Month or Black Music uh, Recognition Month or whatever they call it, Black Music Month. Um, uh, you know, we could speak to we could speak to the state of Black music today. All I mean, we could have a a whole whole dozen or so shows just dedicated to that. But um. Be honest with you know, we forget that BET really isn't black entertainment television anymore. It's not, you know, when it's owned by the same company as MTV and all that stuff. You know, the the identity has changed, and so you know, it's not it's not black driven as much as it is. But then again, what do I know? I, I can't talk because I don't watch it, right? So I should keep my mouth shut on that. But you know, if you have some, if you if you got some some. Uh, Feedback or comments on BET's uh, award show last night, you know. Yeah. Hey, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> I, hey, I just want to hear what y'all got to say. School me. I love being school. Cause hey, you you know, I don't know everything, and sometimes I just need to be told about myself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back from the break. If you guys want to talk about anything, uh. uh Talk about the solid economy. Want to talk about the BT Awards? Want to talk about Fisher Boards and Fisher Mall? Want to talk about anything else? We got a little time to do that. So call in, let your voice be heard, and we'll be back right after this. Venture 
card from Capital One. Money Magazine's best rewards card if you aim to rack up airline miles. What's in your wallet? Gaining weight was easy. All I had to do was sit down and eat. Losing weight's a lot harder. I have to work at it every day. But with every step, I lower my risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And that makes every step, every choice, every day. Very much worth the effort. How was your run? Hard, but I hung in there and did my two miles. How was your workout? Great. Dinner's ready. I hope you worked up an appetite. Mm, healthy meal like this, you better believe it. Thanks for keeping us on track. Hey, every step matters. We can do this. And it's very much worth the effort. Learn how you can help stop diabetes by losing weight, eating healthy, and staying active. Visit CheckUpAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. I just want to meet someone different, you know, someone with goals who is inspired to do more with their life, not just hanging out and partying all the time. It's kind of tiresome looking for that perfect match, tall, dark, and handsome. Being in college, it's tough to find that special someone who you can open up to and build a relationship with. You can't open up to just anybody. There are times you feel like you are alone in this world with no one or nothing. But then there are times when you feel like you have everything you've always asked for. Hi, may I help you? Yes, uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Do you own a home? Yes. Discount. Are you going to buy online? Yes. Discount. <laughs> Isn't getting discounts great? Yes. There's no discount for agreeing with me. Yeah, I got carried away. It happens to me all the time. Helping you save money. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. Welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm your host, Lorenzo Neal. I, I think I got my stuff together right about now. <laughs> um, had a little time during the break to kind of play around and get a little bit more. And um, yeah, I think I got it. If not, hey, y'all just bear with me. <laughs> Again, you know, 
I, I still want to touch on little thing um, before we get to our guest, uh, uh, Scarlett Jet. And again, you know, he's going to be joining with us, uh, sharing with us about uh, his latest projects um, and his uh, how he's using music to be socially conscious and spread social consciousness. Uh, but before we get to that, I got a. a, a Got an article I, I found online, and I want to share it with you. Uh, kind of caught me. It was a really interesting. Um, I found it on the Christian Post, and the title of it is Evangelicals Larger in Size, Smaller Influence. Why? Basically, it summarizes, and um, you can go to my Facebook page. I, I think I have a link, a link to it on the Facebook page, but if not, you can find it by going to uh, thechristianpost.com. Or Googling Christian Post, and you'll find it. But it's basically saying that um, evangelical churches, uh, evangelical churches, you know, churches like uh, Baptist, non-denominational, charismatic, all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, while they are increasing numerically, their sphere of influence is uh, dramatically decreasing. While they're getting larger, they're getting more people. They're doing less to impact that community around. I thought that was rather interesting, and uh, I, I like to hear that. Uh, I like to hear your your views on that, uh, particularly, especially you know, uh, now that uh, we've got this uh, issue with uh, gay marriage, marijuana, all any kind of social issue that the church has been called to address, and really isn't doing a good job of addressing it. I, I like to hear your uh, your opinion on that. What, what do you think about it? Uh, why do you think? Why do you think it, the churches are? They're getting bigger, but they're doing less. Um, I'm sure a lot of you uh, can have a lot have a lot to say about that. So again, call in number nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three to get on the line. Uh, the chat room is open if you want to get in the chat room and uh, share it. Fine, we got the, um, the Facebook page up. So if you want to, even if you want to share on um, the Facebook page, you can do that. Or send us an email, a blog, uh, uh, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail dot com. And uh, uh, if you're following, if you're listening to the show, make sure that you uh, help us out by following, clicking, and becoming a follower of the show. You get all the updates on uh, upcoming shows, events, and everything else we uh, we have. And also, you can have uh, you get links to other shows that I'm following that I think will be interesting and beneficial to you. So anyway, so. Eddie Long, Bishop Morton, Bishop Morton, Eddie Long, T.D. Jakes, all these big wigs, and uh, the open rebuke. Uh, my question, I, I, got, I guess a question I'm going to ask. Um, I think it was tactful. I'm a pastor, so I, I think it was tactful. But uh, 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 I think it was a little bit too late uh, for open rebuke. And I, I want to hear what your opinion is on that. Do you think uh, uh, Bishop Morton's rebuke was too late? Why do you think he did it so late? Why Why do you think, uh, you know, do you think the scrutiny of Long is going to uh, bring out some of his his stuff? Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, speaking of giants in the faith, uh, this weekend uh, the Church of God in Christ lost a giant in the faith. Uh, Bishop J.O. Patterson um, passed away this past weekend in Memphis and uh uh, those of you who are familiar with the Pattersons, you you are familiar with uh, Bishop G. E. Patterson, a uh, 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 Temple Deliverance Church in Memphis, and uh, of course he was the presiding 
bishop for, of the Church of God in Christ for some time. And, and what I did not know, I've been to Memphis plenty of times, you know. Uh, uh, a lot of my friends from college, uh, <laughs> a matter of fact, Memphis, uh, well, Memphis is the hub for uh, my uh, alma mater, UAPB, uh, you know, just about everybody who went there came through Memphis in some way. Uh, uh, anyway, and I've been there plenty of times, and um, I've I've been blessed to have uh, both uh, been to a bishop's church and heard him preach, heard him sing, and and um, seen him, and you know met him. And I can tell you, he was a strong man of the faith. Uh, kind of scared me a little bit, though. You know, he, was, he just he had that aura about him that was serious. You know, that one of those strict holiness. You know, from back in the day. And uh, he had he stood on a great legacy. His grandfather, Bishop C. H. Mason, is uh, the founder of the Church of God in Christ. And, and you know, if you know the story of his uh, uh, experience. And with the Azusa mission in 06 and starting the Church of God in Christ. I think it was in 1896 or somewhere in there, but since then it has grown to be an international Pentecostal body. And um, Bishop Patterson uh, was more behind the scenes than in the forefront, kind of, you know, before the scenes kind of guy. He he was the mover and shaker, the silent one that you didn't didn't really know about, but you knew something was going on, he had a hand in it, so he was a great, great, great man of God. Now, what I did not know is that, and I'm sure many of you did probably did not know if you're listening, uh, that he was uh, the first African-American mayor of Memphis. Uh, while being a city council, he was appointed to that position, and in the short time he did, that he served as mayor, I think it was uh, less than a month, give or take, he did some sweeping changes that uh brought about uh, the Memphis we know of today. Uh, matter of fact, he's responsible for uh, not only uh, organizing, but managing, representing, um, and um, being one of the driving forces behind the uh, garbage boycott that uh, Dr. King eventually went to, and um, of course, where that led to his demise. And uh, he's responsible for several other things also in the city of Memphis. And he was a great man of God and, you know, just want to uh, recognize his contribution to the body of Christ. And he will be great in this. And, you know, it, it's going to be some big shoes to fill. You know, the the coaching has lost some great leaders, you know, Bishop Owens and Bishop uh, G.E. Patterson and now uh, Bishop J.O. Patterson, Jr., uh, uh, big fields, big shoes to fill, and um, we're going to be praying for his family, for his church family, and of course for the Kojic family. Uh, so again, big, big, uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, waiting on my guest to get here, and uh, boy, I tell you, you know, I don't like seeing me unprepared. So you got to, I apologize. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a quick, uh, quick music break. Take a quick music break, and again, if you want to call about anything, make sure uh, we want to get you on the air, want to get your opinion heard, so you can call 917-388-4293, and uh, we're going to take a little music break in, in honor of Paul Morton and uh, in honor of J.O. Patterson. We'll play a little, little 
good old gospel. We'll be back right after this. If I can get it. Come on and praise the Lord, everybody. Come on and bless the Lord in this place. Come on and put your hands together. Come on, we want the people of the earth, the nations, to declare His glory and His majesty. Hallelujah.
have type 1 diabetes, including our son Walker. Ray and I want you to know the warning signs of diabetes so you can take action. Extreme thirst, frequent urination, drowsiness, increased appetite, sudden weight loss, and changes in vision. We're hoping to find a cure for Walker. The Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is a leading charitable funder and advocate of type 1 diabetes research. To be part of the cure, visit www.jdrf.org or call 800-223-1138. Every idea we have begins with you. The way you connect. How you browse. How you share. And how you interact with the world around you. Down to the last detail, you inspire everything. Because in the end, innovation doesn't really matter. Unless it does something that really matters to you. And we are HTC. Looks like you found your car insurance. Yeah, but wow, it looks like you guys have everything. We sure do. We help millions of people save. Look, we're number one in motorcycle insurance, a leader in boat and RV, and... Oh, wait, let me guess. You're the number one truck insurer. Wow, first guess! Nailed it! You're psychic! What am I thinking of right now? Tacos? Yes! Helping you save money no matter what you drive. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. Welcome back to Zero Today, host Pastor Renzo Neal. Guys, I don't know what's going on. Uh, system's going crazy here, but we're still going to roll on, see what we can do, make it work. You know how we do. We got to make it do what it do, baby. And that's what we're going to do. But anyway, we're glad you're joining us on Zero Today with Pastor Renzo Neal. As always, we uh, invite you to join us on this eliminated journey. Share your insights, your opinions, or anything you may want to share with us. Um, been trying to connect with our. Um, Guest and we're having some difficulty, so uh, we're gonna see how that works out. You know how it is. Live radio, live television is, it's all good. It works when it works, and it doesn't when it doesn't. <laughs> but in again, in again, we've thrown out a couple of topics there that we're, you know, always gotta have a backup plan and throwing out a couple of topics. You know, I want to hear what you gotta talk about. What I want to hear your insight on uh, Bishop Morton's open rebuke of. Um, Bishop Bell, and I guess I, I was trying to hold off on this one, but I, I, I want to hear your insight and opinion. Excuse me on um, uh, New York's legalizing uh, same-sex marriage, and I got a lot of. I have got a lot. There's some some great um, 
some great articles uh, and opinions I I read regarding this uh, that I, I'm, I'm going to share. If um, give me a second, I can pull it up. Uh, so uh, we hope uh, we hope that we can get a uh, uh, brother Jet on the phone soon, on the line soon. Uh, um, till then we're gonna uh, we're gonna fake it till we make it, I guess. <laughs> but uh, again, you know, if you want to call, you want to hear, uh, you want to discuss the topic, uh, any topic, uh, something else you want to talk talk about, uh, please give us a call nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. The chat room is up and running, so you can call. Uh, you get in the chat room. Send out an email if you like, if you can. However you do it, just let us hear it from you. We'll be glad. Um, now, over the weekend, uh, Friday, um, the New York State Legislature did uh, approve uh, legalization or recognition of however you want to call it of same sex, uh, same gender, homosexual, gay, lesbian, lesbian, gay, or whatever they call it now. Uh, they did legalize that, and um, you know it. It, it didn't. He- I, I didn't hear as much debate about it um, as as I thought. Um, you know, uh, the world has not come to an end because it happened. Um, now that makes uh, New York. Uh, I think New York is now one of five that has um, taken the action, including the. Uh, uh, District of Columbia, Washington D.C. is, I think, it's one of five states that has taken that uh, that action. Um, um, but there are several other states that are recognizing. And, and I've always had this question, um, you know. I, I always, you know, I do have the question: What's the big deal? Like, like most people, what's the big deal? And I know scripturally, you know. I, I know the arguments most people use scripturally. Uh, I am a proponent of, you know, I, I believe strongly marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, I believe strongly that um, uh, those persons that are in what they call them uh, civil unions do deserve the same rights and privileges of others. Uh, uh, heterosexual couple that may sound contradictory, but you know rights are rights. I, I I just can't. I don't agree with somebody if they've been in a long relationship, long term relationship, and they you know a person gets hospitalized, they can't visit, they can't make any decisions regarding you know the final final life treatment, and, and that's that is unfair. You know, um, for example, if, if I were to pass. Uh, and it applies to heterosexuals too. You know, it'd be easier for them to make decisions regarding me, even though I'm not married. Uh, um, it'd be a lot easier for my family to make decisions on my behalf than it is for those uh, same-sex relationships. The person in same-sex relationships make the decision. In that, in regards to that, uh, I think you know every person is should be available to do that. Uh, and, and you know what's what's funny is that. More and more couples, both heterosexual and homosexual, are moving toward this uh, civil union thing, uh, whatever it is. You have more heterosexual couples doing that. They're not getting married. They're staying together for long periods of time. 
never marry. And um, I don't understand. But you know, <laughs> it's becoming a trend. Uh, but he- here's the thing. Um, now, now you know, of course, the good, the good, um, good, say Christian folks are going to, they're going to speak about it and bring uh, somewhat unnecessary attention to it. Uh, and, and, and that's okay. That's all good. But uh, you know, the issue really isn't about uh, marriage per se. It's about uh, and, and I'm, I'm uh, there's this article. I'm trying to pull it up now. The article I read, uh, a blog that I read. It's not so much. It was really interesting. But the, the author of this blog. Her premise was this: two things. And she, you know, she uh, she is uh, a lesbian. Has been involved in those type of relationships for a time, and her 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 view is if the if those persons who are homosexual wants to have the want to have the same type of <laughs> the same type of craziness and the same type of headache that uh, heterosexual couples have, then more power to them. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it, it 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 was really funny. Um, uh, yeah, domestic partnerships—that's what they're calling them, domestic partnerships, not civil unions. Domestic partnerships. I, I was getting confused. Uh, more heterosexuals are uh, uh, using that. They're going that route. Domestic partnership. So uh, uh, I, I was I was calling a civil union. Uh, but what I was really in t- uh, speaking about was domestic partnership. Uh, but l- listen to this article. This is a um, this is a opinion uh, out of the opinion section of New York Times. It's written by um, hold on. Uh, let me pull this. I'm trying to get it up here, and I you know I'm apologizing. I am apologizing for the way this show is going today. Lord have mercy. Uh, who is wrote this? Uh, Lou the Models or something like that. Uh, but listen to what he says. Proponents of same-sex marriage have long argued that the institution of marriage, marriage is a unique expression of love and commitment, and that calling the unions of same-sex couples Anything else is a form of second-class citizenship. And they also point out that many legal rights are tied to marriage. And uh, they, they are, those opposed, he further writes, those opposed to same-sex marriage agreed that marriage is a fundamental bond, um, but with ancient roots, but what they draw uh, that is uh, opposite or opposing uh, conclusion is this. Uh, allowing same-sex couples to marry would undermine the, indis- the institution of marriage itself. Now, and now we all know uh, heterosexuals are getting divorced higher now than the divorce rate among heterosexuals is higher now than it was 20 years ago. I'm a divorced person, so I, I can speak. I, I'm part of that statistic. Also, uh, when it comes to the church. Uh, it's even higher. It's worse for the church. Uh, matter of fact, the church, uh, and particularly the evangelical church, constitutes about 65% of all divorces. 
that's a lot said right there. So I, I can understand why why this person said if they want the same headache as you know heterosexual married couples, let them have it. And um, of course, you saw when um, when California and uh, uh, when they did their same sex, and same with Massachusetts when they did their their same sex uh, marriage regula- uh recognition when they recognized them and legally allowed them to do so. Uh, the divorce rate actually among them. Uh, uh, same-sex, uh, same-sex couples actually increased uh, within a, a two-year period following following that. Of course, when uh, in California it was reversed and no longer officially recognized. But um, there, there's a lot to play in it. And, and thinking about it, just just in February of this year, uh, President Obama. Uh, he directed the the Justice Department to stop defending the Defense of Marriage Act. In other words, you know, he said cases that are brought before courts, court, uh, courts, in particular, you know, um, the Supreme Court, any other courts of that nature. He he, you know, he said we're not going to defend them. We're not going to. Excuse me. We're not going to defend the Defense of Marriage Act, and so that's a shift, uh, another shift in his uh, his political view. Because if you recall, in 2008, in 2008, he stated publicly that he believed that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what he believed personally. In 1996, however, he you know as as a senator. Uh, his views were slightly different, slightly different, and you know, and uh, I think just yeah, it's right. Just uh, Thursday, thank um, Thursday, he was in New York, in New York City, and he did not address it at all. He didn't address the fact that they were, uh, you know, even uh, uh, they they were debating this in the state legislature, the New York state legislature. Didn't didn't discuss it, and it kind of had those from um, you know the gay and lesbian community upset because he has not publicly came out to say whether he's for you know he's opposed or uh, for it. Um, of course, you know in some ways his actions say that he he uh, has those leanings because again the, he was there in New York City addressing a gay and lesbian um, event. Gay lesbian is sponsored event, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. While I do not, uh, I do not support it. This is my problem with uh, the whole issue. Anything surrounding gay rights or gay civil liberties or whatever civil rights. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even like calling it. You can call me. Homophobic, whatever you may be, I'm saying it publicly. I love them with my heart. Uh, we all know if we got somebody who is, <laughs> we know someone who is, and um, that's just the way it is. But how are we going to handle it? Uh, that's a whole different thing. But my 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 problem is this: the gay rights movement started for just that, gay rights. It has involved. It has evolved in something. Worse than that. It's not just tolerance; it's gone beyond tolerance. It's uh, all 
almost to uh, uh, not accepted. It's gone beyond accepted. It's, it's uh, demanding. You know, it's like uh, the the toddler who cries for attention, and then when they get the attention that they're crying for, well, they cry more because they don't think that's it enough. And I, that's my problem with it. That's that is my problem with it. I'm saying that public, and it's going to be recorded. So hey, big deal. Uh, as a pastor, I love them. I know probably have some in my church, or you know, probably in churches I pastor. I definitely know I've in churches I've been affiliated with. Loved them. Didn't bother me, you know. Um, and that's the difference between love and tolerance, and that's a whole different topic there. But it has gone from a it has gone from from a acknowledgement of rights and things of that nature to um, a demand for more than what should be gone. Um, should be, they should have, you know. I, I do not equate uh, gay rights with civil rights. It's not the same thing. Will never be the same thing. Um, evidence shows that yes, you. Uh, I I I don't have an argument as to whether you're born gay or not. I'm not, not arguing that at all. But what I am arguing is that. It is a perversion of some kind, just just the same as uh, those of us who who are heterosexual involved in uh, fornication, adultery, drinking, you know, uh, uh, slander, gossiping. It's no less, no greater than all those other things. And um, I, I just think, you know, I I don't hear heterosexual adulterers crying out for rights. You know, you don't hear those who have other desires. You know, you know they don't have natural affection. Natural affection. You know, you don't hear them trying to legalize sodomy uh, in the sense of uh, uh, being able to take it as they want it. You don't. You don't hear that, and you don't hear them trying to recognize um, and legalize bestiality. 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 All that stuff. Uh, that's just my take on it. I, I'd like to hear what you have to say on that. Call in nine one seven three eight four two nine three, and I got some more stuff I'm looking up here, and and um, I want to hear your opinion about it. Was it right? How is it going to affect you know? How do you think it's going to affect uh, the rest of the country? As you know, as New York goes, and as California goes, so goes the nation. Um, uh, how would you? How do? You, what is your perception of it? How would you receive your uh, if a friend or family member invites you to their wedding, and they go to New York and they say they want you to be in the wedding or they want you to come to the wedding? How how would you respond to that? Um, like to hear from you. So, give a call nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. We're gonna take a quick break. Have a break. When we come back. Like to hear from you about that. Anything else you may want to talk about?
Oh, babe, check this out. Hey, come on. You want a little tippy? You want a Dorito? A long one? Come on, get a Dorito. Babe, don't hurt my dog. I don't want to go blind from diabetes. I don't want to lose a foot or a leg. I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes. It's making a huge difference. I'm eating healthy and staying physically active. I'm taking my medicine. If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. I'm looking to save an insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flibberty flab or mumbo jumbo. Sounds like you need to name your price. No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the dag nubbit coverage I need? Sure. We give you a quote and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you. This thing is okey mcsmokey skiddly doo. Great. I think. Diggity. Oh. Still not sure. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today. Here's a two-minute meditation from Pastor Lorenzo Neal. The book of Daniel, the first chapter, talks about four heroic young Hebrew boys who lived during a time of captivity, yet remained faithful to the God of their ancestors and themselves. Daniel, Azariah, Meshiel, and Hananiah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were all children like myself when they began serving God even though they began serving God while in captivity. They were young men who had high intellect, a stable spiritual life, and good physical appearances. Serving God paid off for them. Not only did they obtain favor from God, but they also obtained favor from men. But they proved themselves faithful to God in spite of very difficult situations. Of course, you can recall the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow down to the image presented before them. Yet, when they were tossed into a fiery furnace, even the king himself worried about them. And when he went to find them, not only did he find them well, but he also found the Son of Man. And also, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, the king also worried. But we found that God protected him, and he was delivered from the lion. God wants you to be faithful to him. Why? Because he's faithful to you. There's nothing you can do, really. The only thing you can really do is serve him in the newness of life. The psalmist put it this way. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you shall dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Beloved, the key... I just...
All right, welcome back to Zero Today. I am your host, Pat Lorenzo Neal, and we are uh, we are still rolling along. Um, fortunately, our guest wasn't able to join us, so uh, you know we got to make it till we make it. <laughs> if that makes any sense, but uh, the show goes on. I've been having a nice little monologue here about uh, uh, New York's legalization of marriage, and found an article I thought was kind of interesting. And, and uh, title of it is "What Marriage Is For," and uh, it's um, from uh, the Weekly Standard, uh, August 2003, and and this is what it, uh, this is what it says here. Uh, quote from it: uh, Gay marriage. What is it for? Uh, children need mothers and fathers. That's basically <laughs> the sum the summary of it. But listen. It does discuss the high divorce rates between heterosexuals and things of the nature. It talks about this research trend and um, saying how we are one of the few Western, uh, we are at least on the north, uh, on you know, our hemisphere, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're behind. Canada has it, uh, and the states are grappling with it, and largely because, you know, we make it an, an, an issue, uh, religious issue. Uh, but listen to what it says this. Uh, in order in gay marriage in June 2003, the highest court in Ontario, Canada, explicitly endorsed a brand new vision of marriage along uh, this line. Marriage is, without dispute, one of the most significant forms of personal relationships. Through the Institute of Marriage, individuals can publicly express their love and commitment to each other. Through this institution, society publicly recognizes public expressions of love and commitment between individuals, granting them respect and legitimacy as a couple. So is this what it's really all about? Is it is it really all about just uh legitimacy as a couple? And I beg to differ, you know, my 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 here's my take on this. I don't think it's just about legitimacy as a couple. Uh yeah. Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, maybe that would have been a good argument. Now it is not, uh, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because one, you have it infiltrated. It's really been pushed in American media. Uh, the more American media recognizes uh, the gay agenda, and there is a gay agenda. You don't argue against it. Um, Anybody who, and we re, we learned this recently. <laughs> Even comedians are not are subject to the gay agenda. Comedians, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys remember what happened to uh, uh, man? Now I, all of a sudden he slipped my my head. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And forgive me for not having this uh, reference ready readily uh, accessible. But he did his comedy stand, and he talked about uh, if his son was was gay, how he would, you know, go off. Not Kevin Hart, the other guy. Um, Tracy, Tracy Morgan. Thank you, Tracy Morgan. Uh, Tracy Morgan, um, you know, in his his comedy skit, uh, and um, the argument was not was not that it was a a, a rant. An anti-gay rant, anti-homosexual rant, or whatever. Uh, the argument some people had just wasn't funny. <laughs> it just was not funny, so that's why he got screwed and chewed out. But uh, there is a gay agenda, and, and the gay agenda is infiltrated quite a bit of the public uh, public agenda. 
uh, what is uh, and 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 mainstream. Uh, listen to this now. New England remains the nucleus of same-sex marriage movement, uh, and there's a campaign. And here's the thing: their their goal is to extend marriage rights to gay men and lesbians in all six of the state's regions by 2012. Can you believe that? That's their goal. This is the goal uh, in New England, and of course, it, it didn't go work as much in the South. Now the the South. <laughs> uh, you might as well get ready for another civil war. <laughs> the north, uh, you know, the north against the south, the blue and the gray or blue and the red, <laughs> because it ain't going to happen. If it ever happens in the deep south, like here in Mississippi or Louisiana, hell will freeze over. But then again, hey, the Saints won, so <laughs> I, I can't use that argument. That's a straw man argument. I, I better leave that alone. Uh, but uh, listen to this now. Uh, their goal is to have um, extend marriage rights to all men and women uh, who uh, are homosexual by 2012. And um, here's the thing. Even though voters approve bans on this, the the voters vote against it. Uh, the lobbying forces and the the justices on courts, uh, federal courts, they overturn it or just outright ignore it. And, and this is what I can't stand, you know. Uh, we're a constitutional government, and I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff that I just don't agree with, and you know. Politically, socially, that's just the way it is. We don't, we're not going to agree with everything, uh, and that's that's the the greatness of our late, our nation. We don't have to agree on everything, but uh, when you have activist judges overturning the the will of the people, there is a problem. There's a big problem. Now, recognition and and, and having rights and uh, things is one thing, but you know to demand it. And do anything and everything in your power to get it until uh, uh, until you get it. That's a problem, and that's that's that is what is happening right now. I said it. I mean it. I'm not going to turn around from it. Um, it's not my opinion alone. And when I say it's not my opinion, I mean I base I base my thoughts not only on scripture, but also base my thoughts just on our constitution. And um, I agree with the Defense of Marriage Act, and I don't think we should have a constitutional amendment uh, to state that marriage is alone is a man and woman. We shouldn't have to. You know, that's just like, I, how can I put this? We don't need uh, uh, an amendment to the Constitution to define what marriage is. We just need to tell people uh, the reality. Not only it's not just a perversion, and in, in you know, well, yeah, well, it, it is a perversion. Uh, but um, the demand that they are calling for is not warranted constitutionally. You have a constitutional right to be with whoever you want to. You have a God-given right to be with whoever you want to. We're not arguing that. And if you're attracted to same-sex, uh, you know, hey, nothing we can do about that. That's between you and God. You have to go to God before that. Um However, when you demand, when you demand that, when you demand 
that we recognize that. Uh, that's like a robber demanding when he's robbing a bank. That is not kind. That is not an act of love. That is not an act of tolerance. That's an act of terrorism. And and in so many words, uh, the gay and lesbian community is holding hostage the overall overall will of the people. And, you know, it's it's true. Uh, they're demanding that we tolerate something that most people don't. And, and it goes back to this. 2008, when President Obama was elected, uh, California had on its ballot, on the same ballot uh, with President Obama, his name on it as uh, President, California had Proposition 8, and Proposition 8 was overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly passed, 52% of the vote. Uh and a great deal of those were the blacks, the same black folk who voted for President Obama, voted Democratic, voted for Proposition 8 that asked uh, to ban same-sex marriage. And then their court system turns it over, you know, goes right behind and says, forget the will of the people. And that is not right. That is not the way of America. That's not the American way. That's not the um, constitutional way. And surely... Surely, you know, we, we should stand up and speak to that and speak against that. But, um, shoot, I don't know. <laughs> I, I still want to hear your opinion on that. Uh, that's just me. And, and, and I don't want to hear scripture about it's an abomination and all that. I'm, I'm tired of that because uh, although it's a good argument, it's not a strong argument. It's a weakened argument because uh, it includes too many fallacies. Uh in the argument, it's a weak argument, and no script. I'm not saying scripture is weak. I'm just saying arguing against homosexuality with the common scriptures that we use is weak, because they have great defenses apologetically for those. You know, they develop scriptural apologetics to defend that. So we can't go against it. Uh, well, I'm not saying can't go against it, but we just haven't found. We have to craft a, a better argument. And it's possible to do so. Uh, it's not like it's going to kill us to do so, to address it and run away. Uh, and so many people are running away from it. But anyway, uh, I asked a question before before we went to break. I asked, uh, what if one of your friends, your homegirl, your your sister, your brother, said they have decided and they've been with their partner long enough and they want to take it to the next level. And they want you to uh, be a part of their celebration. <laughs> Uh, how would you react? I, I just like want to know. What would you say? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I've been asked before, uh, very, very dear friend of mine who um, who is involved in a same-sex relationship, asked me if I would recognize them publicly, and I said, I cannot do that. I cannot acknowledge it, and I cannot defend you. I cannot... Uh, Sign off on any kind of papers or anything I cannot because one I've taken an oath uh, Not just to scripture But um, To our denomination and that is Clearly something that we are Against we are opposed to and I love my faith I love my church too much To put myself Or you all in that uh, Situation And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to uh, 
not acknowledge you as my friend and not acknowledge the fact that you have a very deep, caring relationship with someone of the same gender. I can't dispute that. I can't I can't defend that either, but it is what it is. Um, I can't defend uh, my homeboys who are, you know, uh, promiscuous. I can't defend that. I can't defend myself when, you know, I, I was trying to be promiscuous, you know. I can't defend that. I can't defend uh, when I was involved in uh, uh, fornication. Can't defend that. Can't defend when I was involved in adultery. Uh, can't defend that. There is no defense in it. Um, but I think that when we come to the, you know, when we come to ourselves and we realize that we are all flawed and we all have things that need to be addressed and God needs to cleanse with us, uh, I think we better be able to deal with the issue. Now, how do we deal? How, how what does this mean for the future? We already know what the agenda is. We already know that they intend to have this sweeping thing in 2012. And I don't know whether to uh, applaud uh, President Obama or decry him for not publicly publicly stating his position on this or saying whether, you know, whether this move is a good move or a bad move for our nation. I'm not asking him to do that. Um, I don't think anyone uh, really is. But I... I, uh, well, I, yeah, they are. You know, we we do need a solid voice to say this is the direction the country is going to go in this position, and it should come from the from president. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. If he does come out in favor of that, he's lost my vote. He's lost my support, and I'm gonna tell you why. That means he's caved into the agenda, and he's not the president of the people. He's the president of a group of people. And yes, historically, we've always had presidents who was the president of a group of people. So I'm, don't even go there with the argument. That that's just how it, that's how it was, you know. But this guy was calling. He campaigned on change, hope, and yes, we can. And you know, he must he must be the agent of change. And change does not mean um, directly instituting something that's uh, morally corruptible. I'm not going to say spiritually corruptible because I I know several people. You know, spiritually, you know, they they're good, uh, even though they have same sex attraction. You know, uh, can't argue that they're spiritually corrupt, but morally corruptible. The argument it's morally corruptible because it's not been done out of love. It's being done from uh, uh, a love of self, a lust more so, of getting one's way, and not caring how it will affect uh, the. And, and, and you know, the reality is, you know, homosexuals are a minority, and and I'm saying that in the sense that, um, um, in the sense that that um, the uh, the desire. The uh, the lifestyle, and, and you know it was great. It was gay. Uh, I think this is Gay Pride Month, and and this is my other problem with this. And you can take it how you want to. I have a problem. I have a problem with those persons who saying they want to be respected, they want to be acknowledged, they want to be accepted, and then you go out and ex- 
express deviant behavior. You know, you have you have parades where men are half dressed. You know, they're half naked, where men are openly, publicly engaging in uh, sexual acts. Not always, you know, physical, but you know, y- y'all know how it is. How, how, that how can you say that that you want to be accepted, you want to be uh, recognized, and then you put on this type of display of uh, public animosity, open, openly, outwardly, publicly saying we care less how you feel. This is what we want, and we're going to get it one way or another. Uh, I'd rather you lobby political like everybody else does <laughs> behind the scenes than flaunt. Uh, that's just me. I, you know, that's just me. I don't want to see it, and that's what makes me decry uh, the lifestyle, and that's what makes me uh, basically say y'all got y'all got issues. <laughs> they have issues, but uh, um, now that. New York has. Oh, I found this article. Uh, let me check this out real quick. I, I just found something. Let me check this out. Uh, this, this seems inter- interesting. Now, now, if you're not aware, the I'm almost ashamed to say this, but the key votes that passed this this thing were Republicans, and it 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 hurts me to. Uh, there was considered rhinos, Republicans in name only. And uh, what helped this legislation pass was uh, some key language that they put into the bill, uh, legalizing. And check this out. Religious. Religious. Republicans who insisted on provision did not only want religious organizations and affiliated groups to be protected from lawsuits, if they refuse to use the, uh, offer their buildings uh, or services for same-sex marriage, they also wanted them to be spared from any penalties by the state government. That would mean, for example, that uh, a church could that a church that declined to allow a same-sex couple to use their accommodations for a wedding could not be penalized later. Um, couldn't be penalized by the state. They couldn't lose the social programs if they if they had social programs or if they had uh, they were not domestic not for profit corporation or five hundred one c three they couldn't be penalized for doing that. Now, now it's it's good, it, it's good that that is good. But the problem is, uh, some people you know the churches are autonomous. Well, you know the church is the Church of Christ. It's not a government entity, and it should never be a government entity. And they should not have had to put that uh, that that type of language in the bill to get it to pass. And that's why a lot of Republicans win with it. You know, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to think in the best interest of the church. Big deal. We ain't got to think of it. If we're the church that God called us, we ain't got to worry about it. Because God is who? God is who we answer to. We don't answer to politicians. We don't answer we answer to the people in the way of our clergy accountability, yes, but we don't answer to the to the government. The church is the body of Christ. Many members, diverse, but the body of Christ. And any time we have to put legislation uh, in place to secure not only the rights of the church, but uh, the means of the church, uh, you know, 
there, there's a big problem that that says the battle has been lost on our part, not on God's part, but on our part. Now listen, before the bill was taken up, the New York uh, Civil Liberties Union uh, it said they could live with this. It, it, it said you know they read the bill, they saw the amendments, they could they could live with the fact, and they could live with the fact that they would respect the rights of clergy to decide for themselves which marriages they will or will not recognize, celebrate. And the only reason they're doing it is because it keeps up with the country, you know, with the First Amendment, the freedom of religion. If we have to settle for that, if we begin to say, okay, well, we'll compromise what we really need or what we really believe uh, because of First Amendment rights, then guess what? We are all but powerless. We've all but gone. You know, like I said, the battle is all but gone. On our part, down on God, God is still the strong deliverer. God is still the strong tower. God is still the God of hosts. He is still Jehovah. He is still the battle. He's still the battle axe. He's still all of those things. We lose the battle because we compromise. And we see, you know, we all know when we begin to compromise, Sin enters, and sin, after it has done its work, brings forth death. That is all. That is the end. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. Sin, after it has done its work, brings forth death. So are we ready to die? Uh, is the church already dead in the states? Uh, you know, like I stated for, uh, earlier, we are, as far as the church goes in the states, we are growing in numbers. But we are declining in influence and declining in uh, in our sphere of influence and uh, impacting our communities. And I'm not talking about the programs that we do, all that stuff. But the reality is, for this has got at, to have gotten as far as it did, shows the impotence of uh, the contemporary church. That's just the way it is. We are impotent. And we are seeing this happen because we are more willing to compromise than to stand and declare the righteousness of God. And in love, we can still say it in love, but um, it, it's just it's just it's amazing to me. Would this be the same type of thing that will come across? You know, will we settle? Uh, since this is how they got it passed in New York, is this how it will get passed across the country? Is this how it would go in the con- in, in the congressional halls, the Senate, and uh, the, uh, the Congress, the House of Representatives for the United States? Is this how it will go? If it is, then what shall we look forward to? A lot of tough times ahead. Listen, I appreciate you guys for listening, joining in. Uh, we are going to be... Here again, uh, no, actually not next week. Next week is 4th of July weekend, and um, and we're going to be celebrating 4th of July, independence, liberation, however you want to see it. And we want you all to enjoy it. Have a wonderful weekend or weekday, all this stuff. And again, apologize for the show. We're going to do better. I promise you, we're going to do better. We'll hope to see what happened with uh, Skylar Jesse if we can reschedule him again. But until next week, uh, next time on Zero in the Day, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal wishing you prosperity, peace, liberation, and empowerment. Leaving out again with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Change your mind. Be blessed.
Treat you right.